Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. This is, of course, the Daily Tech Podcast. This is episode number 65. So this is going to be a good episode. We're going to be talking about how to take amazing iPhone macro photos. We're going to talk about Porsche's new Mac compatible monitor. We're going to cover that big new iMovie update that's going to help you create video on autopilot. We're going to talk about Nomad's new MagSafe charger. And we're going to talk about an app that helps you eat less. But before we get into it, what's new with me? I'll tell you what's new with me. I found a new drink that I really like. You know I like coffee, but I found some hops water. This is sparkling hops water. This brand is Hoplark. I'm not endorsing it. They're not a sponsor. But I've found that I really like just regular old hops water. Hops flavored, no alcohol, and actually no sugar either. So I could drink this all day with no bad side effects. So let's talk about how to shoot really great macro photos if you have an iPhone 13 Pro. So Apple redesigned the lens system this year to let the pros focus as close as two centimeters, which means you can get some absolutely ridiculously close and under the right circumstances, clear macro shots. Now, Apple just recently held a shot on iPhone macro challenge and on their website, they're highlighting some of the winners. And there's some really good ones. For some reason, they're all nature related and there's even a leaf close-up photo. Of course, that was one of the first things I went out and shot when I was trying out the macro function. It's just like the thing that everyone shoots. There's a sunflower photo on here that is just absolutely insane. The, the level of detail is ridiculous. But I think my favorite picture has to be an unmelted snowflake that landed on this dog's back. And you can clearly make out all the details on this snowflake, the ice formations. It's pretty mind-blowing, actually. So these are some great examples of what an iPhone is actually capable of doing in terms of macro photography. Of course, Apple's showing off what it thinks is the best of the best, but can you just aim at something and have it turn out looking all professional like this? Well, the real answer is no, not really. So actually, Apple gives you some tips here. One of the tips is make sure you get close to the subject. You can get as close as two centimeters, which basically means zoom in until it starts to get blurry. Then you know you went too far, and then just pull back a little bit. The next tip is actually more important. Place the primary point of focus near the center of the frame. Why would you do that? Well, that's where it's the sharpest by far. So the focus sort of falls off the closer you get to the edges and especially the corners, which can actually end up looking pretty cool if you do it right. You can kind of really frame your subject. But one of the best tips is just to set a focus point. So you can use your finger, tap on the screen, and set a focus point and lock it in. And then it's not gonna be hunting for focus, so, you know, just when you get it lined up, if you have it on automatic, you know, it's going to jump around maybe on you at the last second and be kind of blurry. If you set that focus instead and lock it in, then you can just manually get closer or a little further away to dial in that perfect focus. And that is one of the biggest tips that can make a huge difference. Now, let me tell you two tips that Apple doesn't mention when they're showing off these amazing photos. All of the photos that are being shown off here basically look great for two reasons, which haven't been mentioned. Number one, there are interesting isolated subjects with very minimal backgrounds. And number two, there's incredibly good lighting because without those two things, your macro photos are gonna be sunk. Because honestly, no matter what other tips you follow, if you don't have an interesting subject, if you don't have a distraction-free background, and if you don't have especially really good lighting, then things just aren't gonna look good. The lighting in particular is important because if you have a photo that has some dark areas, you're gonna end up with a lot of noise. I just took a macro photo of my Apple Watch the other day up in my office, and I had just regular office lighting, the overhead light, 
And you know what? It wasn't enough. The photo didn't look too good. Certainly didn't look as polished or as awesome as these. When my macro photos turn out well, it's because I've actually gone to the trouble of composing them, thinking through the shot ahead of time and lighting them really well. So get this, a Porsche mini LED monitor that's Mac compatible is coming in June and you can pre-order it right now. Wait, hold on, what? Porsche makes cars, really nice luxury and sports cars. I didn't know they made monitors. That's what you're saying. I did actually know because Porsche design makes everything from timepieces to eyewear to electronics. They worked with Acer, for instance, to make this laptop. But yeah, Porsche is putting out a 32 inch monitor. The specs look pretty cool. So this is what they're calling a designer monitor for gaming, for streaming and for graphics. They're calling it a frameless 32 inch mini LED display with 4K resolution. And it's also got two speakers. And get this, 144 hertz refresh rate. Now, at first glance, it really appears like it's a gaming-focused monitor. That kind of makes sense, right? Porsche, performance, gamers need a lot of performance. But with 4K, I mean, this could appeal to creative professionals as well. So they describe the design as being streamlined and taking inspiration cues from the world of Porsche sports cars. And actually, it's kind of hard to capture the reality of a product like this it just when you see a digital photo or video. And if you pay attention to those bezels, those are nice and small too. I guess that's why they kind of call it a frameless display, except for the bottom. Here's something that's kind of crazy though. I was looking through the pictures and I was like, what is that? There's a wireless quick switch is what they're calling it, which kind of looks like a remote. It's got some arrow keys. There's a back button. There's some shortcut keys. I'm not 100% sure what this is gonna be used for, but I am 100% sure that this is just the kind of thing that a luxury car brand kind of includes in their luxury cars. Not something that's necessary, but it's an extra that you're just not gonna find anywhere else. That's sort of what this quick switch is screaming to me. If you think about it, you go through Instagram and all the desk setups really kind of blend together. Everyone sort of is recycling the same few different choices of monitors. So if you take your setup really seriously and you wanna stand out and you have some extra cash to burn, and you want to have the spirit of a sports car living on your desk there. Or, you know, look, it's got a glowing Porsche design logo on the base there. That's cool. And notice what's sticking out the sides. Took me a sec to figure out what was sticking out in this one picture. Well, they're for your headphones. You can hang your headphones on either side. Pop out the thing. Put your headphones on when you're done. Pop it back in. Nice and out of the way. Very multifunctional. But what's the catch? The catch is that it costs $17.99, $1,799. Hey, honestly, what did you expect? It's from Porsche Design. Now, here's the crazy thing. Apple's studio display starts at $15.99, and people were already mad about that price. Everyone's like, that's too expensive for what it does, even though actually it does a whole lot. So if you're shopping in this league, this is an interesting question. Which one would you rather have? For the rest of us, though, at least there's always the LG. <laughs> Apple just announced a new version of iMovie that should have iPad-based video creators or wannabe video creators in particular pretty excited. Why? Because it's going to put your movie making on autopilot. The official line is that iMovie 3.0 is here to make it easier than ever for anyone to share their stories with video. How so? Well, if you've ever found yourself in this boat wanting to create video content, maybe for yourself, maybe for YouTube, maybe for school, maybe for your job but not really knowing where to start, this is for you. LumaFusion's floating around out there and it's a really professional 
powerful multi-track video editor that, as you can see, is made for mobile journalists, filmmakers, and professional video producers. So if none of those job descriptions fit you, then you know that this iMovie update is for you. Let's talk about the storyboards feature first, because I think this is probably what's most exciting for me personally. And what you get are basically some pre-made templates for putting together videos like product reviews or science experiments or Q&As or news reports or DIY projects. And what's valuable here is that it helps you plan your video. A lot of people are like, hey, YouTubers have it so easy. You just sit down in front of a camera. Well, actually you don't. You gotta come up with the topic. You gotta have some camera knowledge, some editing knowledge. You gotta know how to tell a good story or get your point across, right? It's not just sit down in front of a camera, but this gets you closer. And the way that it does that is by guiding you through the movie making process. It holds your hand. One of the big elements here is that it gives you a shot list for each of these different templates so you know what shots you need to get. That's helpful. Then it's also gonna guide you through capturing the footage that you need. It's gonna coach you. It's gonna tell you how to organize the clips. And it's gonna teach you some different story structures to help you make everything cohesive. Honestly, this is like training wheels for video creation. It's not fair. If you go back and look at every YouTuber that ever started on YouTube, look at their early videos, including mine, they're usually awful because nobody knows what they're doing and you just have to like learn as you go and make a bunch of mistakes and figure it out the hard way and this just makes it a little bit easier. Now the magic movie feature is a little bit different. It's just gonna help you create some custom videos complete with titles, transitions, and music in just a few taps. So this is kind of like Apple's version of what GoPro's had available for a long time. You select an album, that's pretty much all the work that you do, and it sucks in all the photos and videos, identifies the best parts, the most interesting parts, and magically adds transitions and groups it all together and makes it really interesting and easy to share. So this is more for like sharing a vacation with friends and family than for creating a business or a school project. But even so, you can still get in there and rearrange and delete clips. You get a simplified shot list. You can modify the details. So basically, Magic Movie does almost all the work for you, and Storyboards does a lot of the work for you. But then you can still get in there, add some tweaks, and make it your own. I just want to point out, LumaFusion, by comparison, is totally manual. So that's why, honestly, iMovie is the greatest place for a beginner to get their start because you can kind of graduate from movie magic up to storyboards, up to just doing everything yourself, which you can still do in iMovie. But then when you're ready, you can graduate even further up to something like LumaFusion or even on the Mac, something like Final Cut Pro and have total and complete control. Nomad is a company that I'm sure you're familiar with if you own any Apple products. They're known for their iPhone cases and their rugged cables. They've got sport bands for your Apple Watch but they just released a new MagSafe charger. It's called the Base One Max, which wirelessly charges your Apple Watch and your iPhone. And I feel like at this point, we've all seen a million chargers that look similar to this, but this one does things a little bit differently. And I find myself being pretty interested. As you look at this design, notice that on the iPhone side, it's got an elevated glass panel. So that's that circle part where your iPhone sits and it's elevated, which is kind of cool because then your iPhone doesn't have to rest on that massive camera bump. This is the smallest thing, honestly, but I get excited about these small details. And I know that there's other Apple geeks out there too that really like this kind of stuff. But here's the other interesting thing. This thing is super, and I mean super heavy for a charger. It's two pounds, which is ridiculous. I like that though, because if you put this on your desk or your nightstand and you go to reach for your phone or your watch, it's not going to slide all over the place. It's just going to stay put. 
So just like you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, you also shouldn't judge a charger by just its looks, which honestly look pretty good right here. You can see that this also works not just with your iPhone and Apple Watch, but also your AirPods. You can charge those wirelessly too. But it looks good though, it looks premium. And the reason is because it's made out of glass and metal. It's not just plastic. So in that way, I would say it sort of fits the Apple feel. Apple's kind of going for that premium, affordable luxury thing. And that's what we have going on here. So it comes in two colors, black and white, but I want you to notice that cord sticking out the back, that comes with it, it's a braided nylon cable. What's good about that is that it's not gonna get all twisted up and gnarly and frayed and stop working after a short period of time. It's there for the long haul. What you don't see in this picture though is the charging brick and unfortunately it doesn't come with a charging brick. That's not the worst thing though. The one really unfortunate thing here though is that the Apple Watch Series 7 supports fast charging and this can't fast charge your Series 7, unfortunately. That, and it's also expensive. This thing's 149 bucks, and again, it doesn't include the charging brick, right? But are you looking for something that's a little different, that's premium, that looks good, that's really weighted, not gonna slide all over, that's gonna work good? Because of the position of that Apple Watch there, this works great as a nightstand piece. But let's be honest, it's gonna look good on your desk as well. I'm pretty much sold. I'm gonna link it up for you guys so you can pre-order. Let's talk about an app that helps you eat less. Why would you wanna eat less? Maybe because you wanna weigh less. I mean, if you wanna lose weight, there's only so many things that you can do. Number one, you can control what you're putting into your body and how much of it is going into your body. Number two, you can exercise. But as they say, and I'm no doctor, but I hear this all the time and I believe it to be true, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. So enter FastBot. FastBot is a new intermittent fasting app that just came out that aims to help you lose weight without going on a diet. So if you don't know, intermittent fasting is an eating plan that switches between fasting and eating on a regular schedule. So basically you have an eating window where you eat during that window and then outside of that window, you don't eat. It's that simple. What a lot of people do is just skip a meal, usually either breakfast or dinner, because that's an easy way to add on to the time you're already not eating when you're sleeping. So if you normally eat three meals a day and you cut one of those out, you're already cutting your calorie intake by like a third, right? Pretty easily. So here comes FastBot. They're trying to make this easier for you by monitoring your fasting stage, by giving you insights on your weight, helping you understand the stages of fasting, giving you some recommendations, and also connecting you with friends so you can challenge each other. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because intermittent fasting has been a valuable tool for me in terms of weight management as I'm getting closer to 40, hate to say that. And of course, I'm not a doctor, so don't just like start doing this and take my recommendation. This is not a recommendation, actually. I'm just telling you about my experience. But honestly, the hardest part of fasting is staying motivated to not eat when you're really hungry. And personally, I've found that a good app can really help with this. I've tried a couple in the past and that's why I think FastBot could be useful. I like the design, this is what caught my eye. Now, I'm not recommending this for you, like I said, but if you do decide to give it a try, here's what I've found. It's really hard the first day that you try skipping a meal. It's really hard the second day that you skip a meal. And actually, it's really hard even on the third day, but by the time you get to the fourth day, day four of skipping a meal, getting into that routine, it's actually like a piece of cake already. This has been my experience. By that fourth day, you're just like, maybe even the third day, honestly, your body's like, oh, this is normal. I feel good. I'm not even hungry like I normally would be at this time of the day. So if you can get yourself over that initial hump, that hurdle of the first couple of days, which honestly takes an amazing amount of strength and willpower, uh, then you are off to the races. And honestly, I feel like 
once you do that and you're on this schedule, you end up having more willpower in other areas of your life too. It kind of has this cool follow-on effect. It's like a chain reaction. But then inevitably, you know, a trip comes up or a holiday comes up, Thanksgiving, you know, we'll tank this Christmas and kind of get you off track again. And then you're done for like six months. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I should start fasting again. That really worked for me last time. And then you start it all over again. But hopefully an app like this can help you stay on top of things, stay motivated. Unfortunately, some bad news here. There is a $20 a year subscription. So you got to be serious here. I guess the one good thing maybe about that, if you want to see the silver lining, is if you're serious about losing some weight or trying to be a little healthier, again, not a doctor. So do your own research and ask an actual doctor. But if you pay for this, maybe you're that much more motivated to actually use it and make it stick, make it count. All right, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Sorry about missing last week. It was busy, but we're back this week. Let me know if there's anything in particular that you guys want to have see covered for next week. Um, thoughts on WWDC, uh, some rumors that you're hearing about. Or if you're ever like, I just want to know how to do X, Y, or Z, drop me some comments and we can include some of this stuff in future episodes. Want to get you guys more involved? Other than that, I'm going to go sip this hops water and I'll catch you in the next video. Later.